0: And this, to me, is fascinating. When they break up, mm-hmm. right? And who knows who broke You know, everyone has a theory. I know. You, who broke it up? John. John did. Yeah. And he tried to pin it all on you.
1: No, I, I don't think anyone tried to pin it on you. It just came out that way. Uh, that's a long story. But there was a meeting where John came in and said, Hey, guys, I'm leaving the group.
0: Right. He so was with Yoko.
1: He'd found Yoko. And John loved strong women. Yes. His uh, mother had been a strong woman. His auntie who brought him up had been strong woman. And bless her, but his first wife wasn't. She would once said to me, you know, I, all I want is a sort of a guy who want the pipe and slippers.
0: Right. Come Stay home, home and yeah. do
1: that. And I thought, "Whoa, that's not John. You got the wrong and guy. And so John had met up with Yoko and... Even though we thought, oh, God, a bit intrusive. You know, she used to sit in on the recording sessions and we'd never had anything like that. But looking back on it, you think the guy was totally in love with her. Yeah. And, you know, you've you've just got to respect that. So we did, and I do. But this
0: song fascinates me, and I thought it was kind of an attack. Not I kind of thought this, I know it. (laughs) Um, And it's my favorite song you ever wrote. That was your first mistake. You took your lucky break and broke it in two. Mm. That was directed at John.
1: We were writing songs at each other. Yes. Like weaponizing
0: songs. Too many people. But this is an attack.
1: Now, you must be aware of this. For a long time, there was a huge rumor Mm at one point, a conspiracy theory, if you like, mm. that, that Paul McCartney was dead and that you are not Paul McCartney, you're an imposter yeah. pretending to be Paul McCartney. How did this you come about? Found me <laughs> For years I've been able to fool people and now in the car, you finally... But seriously, know, there's some people know, on the internet are very passionate about this and uh, they, they, yeah. there's been clues. Like, is it Sergeant Pepper, you play it backwards? Yeah, and And you hear the words, you know, Paul is dead. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, at that time, everyone was stimulated with way too many stimulants. Right. So it was a pretty crazy time. This, this, oh, this is true, this is true. And what about the Beatles? They were like millions of legends. Yeah. And so we just kind of let them go, you know. There wasn't really any way you could stop it. So we just thought, oh, well, you know. And um, um, people said because you weren't wearing shoes. I wasn't wearing shoes. On the it was Abbey actually, Road cover. Yeah, we, we did the the Abbey Road cover. We decided we would make that the cover. So we we're going to have a photograph on the level crossing. Mm. Um, so it was a very hot day and I arrived in sandals. Mm. So I thought, well, I'll just kick them off because it's, it's too hot. So I ended up barefoot on it. Well, this is a sign that it's, I don't know, Sicilian, he's dead or something. Yeah. Can I just say though, being dead is the greatest excuse for getting out of anything. Yeah. If someone says, oh, can you come to this dinner? You go, oh, no. Yeah. I'm not, I've not read on the internet, I'm I'm, not Paul. I'm not Paul. You don't want a a fake. Yeah. No, and actually, it could have got me out of this. (laughs) (laughs) James, (laughs) when you ask me, James, I'm dead. (laughs)
2: Universal technical industry. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast That really is me talking to Jason Almy Through the beauty of media Because he talked about Paul McCartney last night Wings, you know, band on the run I'm not going to sing it because they'll come after me Now for a time I'll be honest I liked some of Paul's songs But I always thought that Paul McCartney was a douche and then over time I started to listen to music and then I watched that carpool karaoke. That brought me to tears as they're listening to Let It Be. Because he wrote that about his mother. His mother his mother came to him in a song. That was the that was the thing that Paul McCartney and John Lennon shared. The loss of their mothers at a very young age. Paul McCartney's mother died of breast cancer and John Lennon's mother was run over. She was killed. And he didn't have a great relationship with her until the end because his Aunt Mimi raised him. So the two Beatles, the feud, Yoko Ono, this is what Aunt Mimi, who helped raise John, thought of Yoko.
3: Uh, Did you ever meet her?
4: Oh, yes, I met her. I've met her in London, and I've met her once down here. But I did say, what do you do for a living? (laughs) To her she said, I'm an artist. I said, that's very funny, I've never heard of you.
3: (laughs) He wanted you to go and live with him in America. Do you regret that you didn't? No,
4: no, I couldn't live in America. And you see, with him phoning for so long, uh, certainly once a week and sometimes twice a week, the phone is so clear. I didn't feel that he'd been away at all. It was as good as seeing him.
3: Of all the songs that John composed and sang, was there a favorite one that you enjoyed?
4: Well, I I don't know. I think A Hard Day's Night's not so bad at the present time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those those famous chimes, and I have to pull away when that plays, because Yoko Ono, or the estate of Michael Jackson, will fuck me up. Now, and it's not lost on me that last month was the anniversary of Michael Jackson. I was not a big Michael Jackson fan. I prefer Janet, by the way. And also, Jason talked about J-Pride. Well, I am gay, um, and I've never really been to gay pride. It's not really on my list of things to do. Maybe eventually, you know, maybe when I'm with someone, I want to go to pride? I was with someone back in 2011, and I suggested we go to pride, and he said no. She's like, okay, you don't want to go? I don't want to go. But I love the message of it. But also, I don't like the message of it because this is the thing with pride, okay? What I notice is, as someone who is of Hispanic origin, that pride is also really about, well, except in California, maybe it's different. It's about a lot of gay Caucasians because what I notice is is the gay white story is always prevalent, But there's a lot of brown and black and Asian and native and indigenous gays out there. And transgendered, (sighs) questioning, but we don't really get the stories. Like when I was watching that one where, um, I think it was, um, Mark Ruffalo, he played, um... It, it, was, it was a story on HBO And even Jonathan Groth was there And they had all the white gays And I thought, hmm And I said to a friend, where are the black and brown? Well, they're not in this story And I said, well, if you come to San Francisco They're most fucking definitely In this story That's the thing Yes I'm aware of Harvey Milk I think everyone in California is Harvey Milk came over here for a reason Because as Jim Morrison said The west is the best Now Years ago Before he was Falcon Anthony Mackie Was in a gay film Yes And that's brave too Now, I know, straight people playing gay. This was a great film because it was also about the Renaissance. It looks back on the Harlem Renaissance from the perspective of an elderly black writer who meets a gay teenager in New York's homeless shelter. Langston Hughes was gay. Billy Strayhorn. Lena Horne's arranger. We talked about Lena Horne last night. Lena Horne had a big gay following, okay? but I thought we would play the trailer for this because it is essential. Because it talks about then versus now. And there have been uh, queer people of color since the beginning in the Middle East, in Africa, in Spain. And even, yes, the award-winning filmmaker Pedro Amadovar is gay, or as he would say, he's a gay. yes. So let's take a look at Pride. You- Although I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give some other findings about Pride, which include the music. I don't always break for Beyonce. Some of her stuff's okay. And I know some people are shocked. Oh my God, you're, you're insulting our queen. We, she gives us life. Your mother and father gave you life. She did not. She is not a real queen. Queen Elizabeth is a queen. She is Beyonce. She is an entertainer. Okay? It's cute that we give her the nickname Queen. All right? All right? So, if if there is a queen out there, it's Tina Turner. Because she is a rock icon. She doesn't perform anymore. Okay? Beyonce did perform with her, which was interesting. But we all know who the real performer is in that aspect. Who really has the cojones? not actual ones here is the wonderful trailer for brother to brother on the dr zeus film podcast go ahead fuck around and find out
4: so my boy stepping out into his soho debut please
1: See this anger you feeling towards white people is the same anger brothers feel towards me for being gay.
5: Well, how someone like you end up sleeping in a shelter? You know, a respected, published writer of the Harlem Renaissance.
3: he wrote about being gay in that time, respect was the last thing he was going to get. So you think he's for real? What do you mean?
5: I mean, he could just be a nut job with a really vivid imagination. For real,
3: all right. Damn! Look at you. An old man like me is game for a little adventure. You should be too.
1: This is what
6: proper Negroes do with trash like you.
2: I guess some things never change. You got that right. So that's brother to brother with Anthony Mackie. From what year was this put out? I believe it was two. Was it two thousand and four, two thousand and six? Yes. Directed by Rodney Evans, starring Anthony Mackie. Daniel uh, Sunjata and Anjinu Ellis, who was in uh, King Richard. Ooh, yeah. Beyonce's on that song. Anyway, so that's the story of queer people of color. We're everywhere, we're in numbers, but our stories don't get told on television or in movies very often. Isn't that fucked up? so yes j pride i'm for zeus pride not so much because i don't think people should celebrate me i celebrate myself every day last night i went and celebrated i don't have ice cream often because of health reasons but i decided to have deep fried ice cream along with mexican food It was exceptional. I ate. I was full. And I came home and I burned it off. I exercised. And I need to do that more often. Count my steps. But also lift the weights and watch what I eat. So that was, in a way, a last hurrah for deep fried ice cream. Something I don't think I've really had before. As for Pride, last week, my family and I went to Alcatraz. My grandfather originally worked at Alcatraz, and we were passing Gay Pride, and my niece was like, oh, it looks so fun, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't go. But on Alcatraz, we saw people with Pride flags, and that made me feel good, thinking, you don't have to attend the big event, as we say, to feel the pride. Another thing that I'd like to talk about is, is gay metalheads. I know a few of them, but I know they're in numbers. And this is where I have an issue with pride. Okay, the music, the music is exceptional. Everyone is blasting Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out. Okay, great. Good times. From uh, Chic, La Freak, yeah. Now, here's the thing. I love all forms of music, but I love hard Music I love hard rock I love hip hop but I love Hard rock We have a gay metal head In our midst the king Of metal Rob Halford Rob Halford came out in 1998 He wrote a Best selling um, Novel In 2020 called Confess It was amazing And when I think of someone who really represents gay metal heads, it's Rob Halford. I mean, think of the songs that he had put out before anybody knew. People in the band knew. He's got Hellbent for Leather. He's got Turbo Lover. He's got Ram It Down. Come on. He even talked about um, Fire Island in one of the early songs. This is Rob Halford in an interview talking about the misconceptions of being gay
4: you mentioned in the book that you were sort of put off by the fact that people assumed due to your sexuality that you were into leather in your personal life um and that is not a reflection your clothes sage clothing is not a reflection of your personal life is there anything you can comment about that and are there any other misconceptions about you that you've potentially faced
0: well i think that that's that's a pretty cool one um that i'm always happy to talk about the fact is that if you look at the very early visuals of priest we we look nothing like the band that you saw when we were you know getting to a different level and uh, like a lot of bands uh, from your early days you either nail the idea of, of your look or it de- that you've, 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 your physical look develops with the way your music develops and advances. Hmm. So um, I can't f- I forget the, the exact time. It was maybe around Killing Machine, Hellbent for Leather album, where this whole uh, connection to a look that was as strong and as powerful and as potent as the music started to take place. Started off with a simple biker jacket and then some leather pants. And then it just be- began to get a little bit more um, adventurous and-, and a little bit more elaborate. And it was really making a statement because now you're looking like the music sounds, you know. Yeah. So uh, there-, there was that. And then later on, uh, because this this whole incredible journey of, 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 of your your identity as a person uh, comes into play, and there was the the suggestion that the reason that, that I um, dressed and looked that way was a part of my sexuality, and it never was, and it never will be. Um, it's just that there is a there's a beautiful part of our uh, LGBTQ community that enjoys that type of experience. That, that whole leather scene it's, it's 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 so strong and it's just so great and and i have a lot of friends that are that are into that type of uh, experience but it was never for me it was never yeah. i was never called for that type of like that, that kind of connection so you're, you're a performer you know yeah i'm a performer that's a that's a great way to look at it you know i, I dress yeah. the i dress the way i feel is suitable and correct for the the kind of music that i make
2: And so that is Rob Halford talking to Cassis Morris in an interview. A gay metal head. Oh, they're out there all right. I mean, I couldn't name them. And that's the anthropology kind of type of stuff I want to dive into. The gay metalheads, not the Beyonce-loving gays. They're cute, but it gets annoying after a while. Oh, she's quit. She gives me life. Your parents give you life, you fuckhead. I know, sometimes on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I can be a little abrasive. Well, you all need it. As someone who is the child of a scientist, often told brutal truths throughout my life, I have to just give it to you all because it's kept me alive throughout these forty-one years. I know you're stunned. That's the other thing is ageism within the LGBTQ. When you turn 30, your uh what is it? They said your grinder profile should be dead, and then when you turn 40, you're officially dead. Fuck that. I'm still viable, present, and very randy, as shout as the British would say. On every day of my uh, life basically I don't need Viagra Because it keeps on going It's all in your mind It's all of how you see yourself How you perceive yourself Now if you have a very Serious medical uh, Medical condition I'm going to keep that in Then I understand the usage of Viagra But I don't need it The other thing is Queer people Of color. We're everywhere. And there was one who was so iconic and so brutally honest that many of you didn't have time to listen to him.
3: But we do. Someone to our group here Uh, Professor Paul Weiss, the Sterling Professor of Philosophy at Yale. Were you able to listen to the show backstage? I heard for a good
4: um, deal of it, but then I was behind the last one.
3: Yes. So I heard only some of it. Did you hear anything that you disagreed with? I disagreed you? with a great deal of it. And
4: uh, of course, there's a good deal I agree with. But I think uh, he's overlooking one very important matter, I think. Each one of us, I think, is terribly alone. He lives his own individual life. all kinds of obstacles in the way of religion or color or size or shape or lack of ability and the problem is to become a man but what i was discussing was not that problem really i was discussing the
6: difficulties the obstacles the very the very real danger of death thrown up by the
4: society when a negro when a black man attempts to become a man all this emphasis upon black men and white does emphasize something which is here but it emphasizes or perhaps exaggerates it and therefore makes us uh, put people together in groups which they ought not to be in. I have more in common with a black scholar than I have with a white man who's against scholarship. And you have more in common with a white author than you have with someone who's against all literature. So why must we always concentrate on color or religion or this? There are other ways of connecting men. I'll tell you this. When I left
6: this country in 1948, I let this come to one reason only, one reason. I didn't care where I went. I might have gone to Hong Kong. I might have gone to Timbuktu. I ended up in Paris on the streets of Paris. With $40 in my pocket on the theory that nothing worse could happen to me there than it already happened to me here. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself. You had to be able then to turn up all the intent of which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to sit at a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. The years I lived in Paris did one thing for me. They released me from that particular social terror, which was not the paranoia of my own mind, but a real social danger visible in the face of every cop, every boss, everybody. Says, give me liberty or give me death. The entire white world applauds when a black man says exactly the same thing. He is judged a criminal and treated like one, and everything possible is done to make an example of this bad nigger so they won't be any more like him.
2: The story of the Negro in America is
6: the story of America. It is not a pretty story.
3: Most
6: of the white Americans I've ever encountered surely have nothing whatever against Negroes. That's really not the question. Reading really is kind of apathy and ignorance. You don't know what's happening on the other side of the
1: wall because you don't want enough. I was free only in battle, but never free to rest.
6: We need to take action, any
5: kind of action, by any means
6: necessary. They needed us to pick the copy, and now they don't need us anymore. Now they don't need us, they're going to kill us all off. There are days when you wonder what your role is in this country and what your future is in it. I can't be a pessimist, because I'm alive. The question you've got to ask yourself, the white population of this country has got to ask itself, is why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place? Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, it means you need it. And you've got to find out why. And the future of the country depends on that.
2: And that is a clip from I Am Not Your Negro, a documentary on James Baldwin, released in 2016. We're covering it all tonight on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. People of color who are queer and Paul McCartney. <laughs> and there's a connection to that because who was Paul McCartney influenced by? Everybody raised their hand at once. Paul McCartney's big influence growing up. In fact, he did many of his songs and later joined him on stage. And, uh, well, it's, it's a legendary experience. But here we go. (laughs) <laughs> oh, and the wonderful commercials, fucking YouTube. They just keep coming, don't they? Now, this performer also influenced another person. Here he is with a. Dick Cavett.
3: You can call me Richard. No, it's a little
5: dick, but i got oh,
3: yeah. Would you like a, a Kleenex you're defrosting?
5: Oh, no, I'm not defrosting. The beauty sometimes gets a little wet. But don't forget, it's still beauty. Yes. Shut up.
3: Yes, yes, sir. I heard you one night talking about night. my shut
5: up one night. I was watching your show. You know, I watch you all the time. How about that? Because you
3: I'll be wondering when
5: you're going to bring me on here to be with you again. Oh, really? <laughs> you even watch when you're on the other shows? I, I watch you all the time. <laughs> I, I love to watch you yeah. because I feel that you're really sincere, you know. And, and when I watch because, you know, the night that Governor Maddox was on here, You know, I'm from Georgia. I'm That's from right. Ma- I'm you're from Macon, Georgia. Georgia. I'm the Georgia Peach. Yeah. And Governor Maddox... <laughs>
3: You've always wondered what the Georgia peach looks like. Shut up!
5: Oh yes. yes of and Governor Maddox is a peach too, but I don't think he knew that I was on the same tree. <laughs> Shut up!
3: But it was real beautiful. W- while we're all shutting up, we'll be back after this message of interest, I believe. One of us is Little Richard. <laughs> You—do uh, you call yourself Little Richard in Europe, or do you become Petite Richard, or? Uh... Kleiner Dick, or what do you? What do they call you over here? I'm really all of them. Do they, do they, have the, do they all call you by... Uh, uh, well,
5: uh, when I, in, over in England, you know, England is one of my uh, big uh, places, territories, where the people really love my music. Yeah. You know, the good golly, Miss Molly, Long Tall Sally, Tutti Frutti, Rip It Up, Lucille, Keep It Knocking But You Can't Come In, The Girl Can't Help It. Yeah. Uh, when we go to England, it's just like 1956. Like 30,000 kids, 40,000 kids at the airport just screaming, Oh, the beauty! Yeah. <laughs> oh, here he comes in beauty, and I be just walking. And you know, I, 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 I feel it because I know that I like them because they tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> See, there it's are safe so many to say that. Won't you won't admit this, to, you know, that when you are beautiful, you can't help it. You know, mm-hmm. I've been pretty all my life. Yes. And when I was a little baby, I was pretty.
3: I can imagine. You didn't have any pictures on you, did Shut you? Up. Uh, Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Yes, I
5: have a picture When I was a little baby A dick It's a very I was in a big bowl A big white bowl Can't you
3: imagine A big black Beautiful red baby In a bowl Yes (laughs) Yes, I can Wait a minute Let me change the subject but you would you would admit I think that the uh, you are the greatest uh, still with capital T and a capital G. Does, does everybody admit that? Do the Beatles admit it? Yes, James they Brown do. Does Brown admit it? Yes. Does Mike Douglas admit it? Do, yes, he do, does. Do, uh, <laughs> and Merv Griffin do too. Do the Lennon sisters admit it? Shut you're up. Being the... <laughs> anybody
5: Uh, yes uh uh, the beatles see i gave the beatles their start in 1962 i went to europe Uh, a lot of people
3: still don't know that
5: yes uh uh, it's having been publicized like it should you know being jewish (laughs) sometimes what 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 what? (laughs) being jewish sometimes you know they don't get it out right you know i've been i'm a jew you know my last name is peniman it used to be goesborough you really yeah you can't you can't tell that i'm jewish
3: do i seem surprised
5: (laughs) the only difference i just have a suntan that's all
3: people never know how to take you little richard i don't want them to take me
5: (laughs) (laughs) just just look at me
3: yeah you seem to be up for grab what's a good what's a good good straight rock and roll singer like you doing in a, in a freaky place like the Electric Circus.
5: Oh, it's not a freaky place. It's well, a it's be- sort of got a it's, lot of... It's the same class as the Copacabana. Oh, is it? It, it is. It's no different. Mm-hmm. The Copacabana, they, they have the cabana and the Coke, and down there they have the Electric.
1: Well, the last day of school, we used to come in, bring our guitars in the last day of term. And I used to stand on a desk and do Little Richard. So, and then during the Beatles, I used to do all my screamy numbers were to do with him. You know.
0: Did you have a special face for being Little Richard?
1: <laughs> no. Just a bit more screwed up than you others. But we met him in Hamburg. That was the real time we got to know him. And he was just after his kind of evangelistic period. And we used to say, is it true you threw all your rings off the bridge and gave all your money? Went, well, of course it's true, child. And he used to, stay, he used to get in front of the, the mirror. The, the, uh, and he'd, be, he'd do this Vic treatment for his throat. You know, you put a towel over your head yeah. and get Vic and the hot water. Yeah. And he'd come up he Oh, you're so beautiful. I can't help it because I'm so beautiful. Oh, Richard. Woo. And he'd do all this bit in the mirror about how beautiful he was. But we loved it. You know, we were suckers for all that. We'd never seen anyone do all that stuff before. we said, "Yay, Yay, Richard. And we'd say to him, Tell us about all that. You know, and we'd just sit there for hours like kind of disciples in the dressing room. And he'd sort of sit there like, and he'd kind of be, he'd be bare to the waist. And he'd sort of have a little blanket over and he'd sort of tell us, Well, I remember a long time ago and he'd tell us all these stories oh, I was spellbound for years we were remember he said to Ringo he said to him, he used to take all the Ringo's hands he said that's a beautiful ring I really love that ring he said you come back to my hotel I'll give you a ring like that and we, so we all went <laughs> we didn't realise what was going on said, great I'll come alright so we all go back to the hotel room and he's stuck there you know it's all like, where's the ring then?
2: Never did get the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's greatness. I love his voice, no, he's great boom yeah. The fact that a black, queer man influenced the Beatles. Especially Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Another person loved Little Richard. A
4: musical song, what are the ingredients to make for great, heavy music? Well,
1: first, you've got to believe it. You know? Because that's the first thing a crowd finds out. They, they can sense that. You know? If you just go around going, guys, you know, won't, won't wash mostly. Some people have got it off to be a good con man, but, I'd, you know, not many. And the other thing is, you've got to be...
5: The first annual Revolver Golden God Awards honored the legendary Ozzy Osbourne with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Many of metal's biggest names were on hand to celebrate rock and roll's heaviest genre. Everyone knows the influence of Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath had on heavy metal, and it's also quite clear Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead is a living legend, but who does Lemmy feel is a musical golden god? Artisan News caught up with Lemmy Kilmister at the Revolver Golden God Awards to find out who his golden god is.
1: Little Richard. he's the best. For me,
2: it's only my personal opinion. Motorhead will be kicking off another round of... So that's the late Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead. We are Motorhead! We play rock and roll! Basically giving it to Little Richard. Isn't that wonderful? That this black gay performer, yes he was, is acknowledged by his peers in rock and in hard rock. And so yes, queer people of color have a lot to say. And here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I have a lot to say. And so think of that influence that Little Richard had. Yeah, Elvis, yeah. But when it comes to the vocal style, you don't see Paul saying, well, we want you to sound like Elvis. No, they were singing Long Tall Sally, honey. Because the wonderful innuendos. But here in America, a black man doing rock and roll Unfortunately, racism didn't allow Little Richard to rise to the occasions of Elvis and Pat Boone. So what did they do? They took his songs and they they took the soul out. Yeah. I understand there's an Elvis movie out there. There's been movies about Little Richard. There's been movies about James Brown. That's the other thing. I know someone who remained nameless who once told me she didn't get... James Brown. I was so stunned. I thought, what? You didn't get James Brown? But then I realized something. That there is there is a racism within music. Because he did that song, Say It Loud. I'm black and I'm proud. What's wrong with that song? But a lot of white people, they can't take that. They can't take that. As a Hispanic, I can take it because I love it. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud Say it loud, I'm brown and I'm proud I love that I love that But see, many people in this country They're jealous motherfuckers I don't think that affirmative action is right Really? Well, you know, there was a time when You couldn't go to college because of the color of your skin Yeah! Let's talk about that So whenever people say All lives matter Really? So in that aspect, the all, those Hispanic kids who got shot up, shot up at Uvalde, did all lives matter in that aspect? And they were all Hispanic. Let's talk about that. But you're not going to, America. America has a serious problem. Do we need 4th of July? I don't think so. Because in 1776, not everyone could celebrate freedom, especially women. And here we are in 2022. Do you think women are in a celebratory mood? I don't think so. And that's up to us queer men. Women are our backbone. They are there for us when no one else is. They support us when no one else does. They gave birth to us. And so it's our job to lift them up, to fight for them. That's why I take these moments to do these podcasts. Not just to give you film and to give you music, but to give you realism of what's going on in the world. This is a fucked up world. And I'm waiting for Nero to fucking fiddle, motherfuckers. Yeah. I want you to give a shout out to Jason Almy. One day I'd love to have you on the show. Not so much to talk about movies, but to talk about your bodybuilding past. Because that intrigues me. Because at the time I was... um. I want to be bodybuilder. I didn't reach it, obviously, and I fell out of shape. I did read Arnold's book. I know that he has met many bodybuilders, and I appreciate that. I want to know about the towel slapping. That's what I want to know. And where do you really inject the roids? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now that it's July 1st and businesses have put away their little pride is welcome stickers. When it should be pride all year long The fact that it's one month It's like black history month One month No Homie don't play that It should be all year long Black history year Gay pride year 365 fucking days Okay Think about that Think about that And here in California, we're in the middle of a drought, so you won't see me bursting any firecrackers. Nope, I won't be buying any. Here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I like to put people in their place. I like to give them good films, good music. And while we're on the subject, I don't dislike Beyonce. I think the Lemonade album was amazing. That is a career achievement right there. But what happened? She didn't win the Grammy for it You know what happened? Adele beat her Is that a form of racism? Maybe, within the confines of the Grammy Academy But fuck the Grammys The Grammys don't award really great music Think of the metal albums that they don't award They'll award a track, but not a whole fucking album They didn't give Best Producer to Joe Duplantier of Gojira Now did they? They didn't there's a lot of hypocrisy out there. Women's rights, the Supreme Court, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I, I think that at some point, Marjorie Taylor Greene was dropped as a child on her head. because She obviously suffered some cranial damage. She doesn't have a lot of love in her life. She smiles and says these very hurtful things. What a cunt call it like it is and Amy Coney Barrett who has kind of that alien look in her eyes like she just landed here from the planet of neglectia yes she looks like one of those American dolls the white ones that have had too much crack oh yeah she's got those crack eyes I've seen those crack eyes trust me so and Clarence Thomas the big cunt of them all Samuel Alito who needs to put a fucking toupee on (sighs) what's the other one's name I mean the Supreme Court is just oh my god so illegitimate oh and the rapist Brett Kavanaugh who really represents um what is it what are those things called oh fraternity boys He's a fraternity boy in the Supreme Court, and you all allowed him to be put in there because the Trump told you it's okay. This July 4th, don't drink any fucking Kool-Aid laced with cyanide because that's what you motherfuckers are doing. In 2020, you went to the polling stations praying with mega hats on. How pathetic. We are taught not to follow cults. But you all have put the capital C in cunt cults. You are a cult following. A man who makes you promises of violence, money, and doesn't even show up to the rally himself. And then he uses mob tactics to scare the witnesses from testifying against him. And you all still support him. But you don't support a woman's right to choose. And that is fucked up America get your priorities straight get your head out of your dirty ass wipe that shit ass and stop shitting on those of us who want to make this country better fuck God fuck your agenda and fuck Christ too but you know in my world Christ gave a really good boat blow job on occasion Ah, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And sometimes I have to get racy. <laughs> racy, not racist. Racy. If you don't know what that word is, look it up, please. Okay. And so, heard the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Well. <laughs> we want to celebrate individuality what it means to be a person what it means to break the status quo and so I'll leave you with these thoughts I'll leave you with these words Mr. Shelby come to talk prayers for the fight
1: you okay sir Tommy, when a pikey walks in with hair like that, you've got to ask yourself, have I made a mistake?
3: Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck is this? I, my friend, I am the
1: uncle, the protector and the promoter of that fucking thing right there in whose shadow nothing good nor godly will ever fucking grow. That there, right, is the southern county's welterweight champion. He is of mixed religion, therefore he is godless. He was adopted by Satan himself before he was returned out of fear of his awkwardness. But he is impossible to marry off due to his lethal dimensions. His mother, terrified, she's fucking abandoned And there he is, stood before you like the first of some brand new fucking species. Any man that you put before him, right, it'd be like entering a fucking threshing machine, mate. Now will you offer your son?
2: So who the fuck are you? Who the fuck am I? I'm Yukon Cornelion. The Supreme Court has also end term with the major rulings on immigration and climate change. They want to take us back to not 1922, but 1822. The Dark Ages. And those of you who are anti-vax, get your dirty head out of your shit ass. Last night while I was eating, I heard these anti-vaxxers talking. I don't want that jab. I almost was brave enough to say, what are you guys, pussies? It's just a fucking needle. I almost pulled out my little kit that I check every day because I prick my finger twice a day. I don't finger my prick, but I prick my finger sometimes. And it keeps me healthy. And I am triple vaxxed. Yes. Now, some would say that I'm stupid for doing that. Well, you know, you have to be vaccinated in order to go to school since the beginning of our times. Not time itself, but modern times. Okay. And as a professor, well, of podcasting and as a teacher of, well, education, education, You actually have to be vaccinated in order to work. Okay. So you can write me your dirty letters that I am a sheep getting vaccinated. Well, when you try to go to the restaurant get turned away because you're not vaccinated, that's a big fuck you. Because Jesus told you not to get vaccinated. Well, bitch, Jesus didn't tell you shit. Right now, he's probably pointing... And laughing at you. What the fuck is your problem? Now, if I knew Aramaic, I would say that. Oh, I would say that in Aramaic. Unfortunately, I don't. But by the powers invested in Rick and Morty, give me... You know how Kurt Cobain said, give me a Leonard Cohen afterworld? Well, give me a Rick and Morty afterworld.
4: Saying my father and his kingdom? No. Yes. It's based on the fusion of a Sumerian god named Ya and a Mesopotamian god named Wei. And we're in a toy train.
2: Yes. It's enough to really make you question all of existence, isn't it? So what do you think you're gonna do about it? I'm gonna do what I've always done. I wanna get the f of here. Let's watch some
1: interdimensional.
2: And so that is the Dr. Zeus. Film podcasts, Happy Jay Pride, which for me is all year long because I love shit happens when you party naked. As you can tell, I'm talking in a very relaxed voice because, well, I don't have the voice that Jason Almi has. He has a really great radio voice. I want to send love and respect to him and the wife, Christina, and their two daughters, and that amazing podcast, shit happens. When you party naked. In fact, funnily enough, when I first started listening to the show, I thought they did the, sh- the show in the nude. Then I realized it's just a title. So, here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, unpleasant dreams, play more metal, and fuck, fuck, fuck your white picket fence, and fuck the extreme right. Because your heads are so far deep in your ass that you smell like shit breath. Shit for brains. Good night.